fellas, don't drink that coffee. So, um, <laughs> it's been rough. Yeah. Well, you know, I got this new heart valve and <laughs> <laughs> they say you can't eat meat, but I don't buy it. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> That's not funny. I don't know why I laughed so hard. Um, uh, no, 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 I'm great. We got a dog. Oh, good. That's nice. Yeah, but he's quiet, so he won't interrupt the podcast. <laughs> he's That's the quietest good. thing in my house. <laughs> That's awesome. That's he's a great dog. Our ten-year-old dog is the quietest thing in the house. Yeah. That's great. Oh. Uh he is great. Jingles. Did you ever meet Jingles? Yeah, I remember Jingles. Yeah. Did I lose you? Tired. And uh, they and I had him and the, and I adopted him. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm stuck. Cool. He's uh, he's great. So anyway, it's just been you know you, you know you have a, you have pets. It's when you get a new pet, it's just very stressful around the house. So sure, and even when you don't just get a pet, it's still stressful. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Everything's just been a mess uh, for the last few days. Uh, but whatever, I vacuumed the cars today. Things are going good. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. How are you, Sean? I'm pretty good. I'm all right. Hanging in there. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, can I tell you something that you're probably not going to like? Sure. I'm really into what's ever happening on Twin Peaks right now. Really? Yeah, these are like two of my favorite episodes. Oh, you're being you're being facetious. I'm not. You are though. Okay. I'm not. The pace the pace to them it has been delightful. Well, welcome back, Dallas, to Dish and the Percolator. And you're addressing something that a lot of diehard fans have issues with, which is the second season. Uh, and David Lynch and Mark Frost warned everyone, hey, if you make us solve what this show is about, then what is the show going to be about? And that's what we're about to address is mm-hmm. what indeed. Um, so while... These aren't looked upon as being the best episodes. What I would like to do, because we are going to finish this podcast, we are going to watch the whole show, because we have to. You have to get to the end. Um, Is try to find the good, uh, and then just have as much fun as we can making fun of the bad going forward. That would. That's what our our mission statement. I would like it to be. Okay. So. Yeah, mission control. Okay. Well, let's get into this one. Uh, once again, uh, we are Dish and the Percolator. You can follow us at Dish and the Percolator. Actually, what is it? At Percolator Pod. I should know the name of our Twitter by now. Uh, we're on the web at com. right? That, I don't know. I haven't. I, I don't think I've ever been to the website. I don't think anyone's ever been to the website. Okay, well. 
It's not important. Uh, you can search for our podcast uh, and find us on iTunes and subscribe there, and then you'll always know when we have a new podcast. Um, so you watched these episodes, Dallas. You watched episode mm-hmm. 10, A Dispute Between Brothers. <laughs> and uh, you're not a fan. I, I don't know. <laughs> like I'm not... I'm not lying to you. I've I enjoyed these two episodes. Oh, you did. I did. I'm not being facetious. I'm not lying. I, I so I understand what you what you mean by these episodes. But see, we've talked about this where I, I and even before when you know, like I think right when the season started, I was I said like I've kind of come to like the town more than I have who killed Laura Palmer. Like I just wow. didn't it just didn't bother me who cared who killed Laura Palmer. It feels like everyone killed Laura Palmer. Yeah. And uh, and then when the, the the discovery was you know it was like the whole Bob thing was very scary. Like nothing was bad. Like those episodes were good too. I really like those episodes. I I can see like like I got just enough James. Like there's just it's working out right now. Okay, this is great. Because I like I, the characters. Like, they made me fall in love with the characters, and now I'm getting the characters instead of, like, you know, does that make sense? Um, I, it makes, I understand what you're saying. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I, but I understand. <laughs> and it makes me happy what you're saying. Okay. Because right. if you didn't feel that way, then this going forward would be, would be harder than it's going to be. So, uh, for me going into these, uh, the next two episodes, which we're going to try to podcast on, um, I, I guess I'm kind of like a season two. I feel like I understand the flaws with it, but without it, you miss out on all of these really cool things that happen. So while there are certain threads, I would rather not spend time on, you know, um, there's a lot of cool stuff happening still, but it actually makes me really happy to hear that you were not completely turned off um, with with the two that we watched. So, all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. This uh, episode ten is called "A Dispute Between Brothers." Uh, this was written by Trisha Brock, who has gone on to direct like every show she's directed. Breaking Bad, she's directed this and that. She's directed a ton of stuff, but this was the beginning of her career as she wrote this episode. And it was directed by Tina Rathbone, who wrote, not did not write. She directed, I think, episode four of season one. And um, she had she's the one who directed David Lynch in a movie. So I'm guessing that's how she was connected to this whole thing. What movie show. did she direct? David Lynch? Is it the Zelly? No. We talked about it. Zelly and me. You, you, we had never seen it. We had never Lynch, seen it. Lynch is in it. Um, this opens up with a kind of a cool shot of just like a road. We don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess that was kind of it. the last episode ended with the kind of where is Bob now vibe. Mm-hmm. And this opens with just this kind of really cool looking shot of a road, but we don't really know where that is or what it's in reference to. The open road. Yeah, sure. But let's move on to the important beginning of this, which is that the Palmer house, um, they skip ahead three days, which is 
just worth noting in that I don't think that happens at any point in the show. Do we like have a a skip um, in time? So uh, yeah, I was noticing. I noticed that. Like like in that the show is almost like stayed stayed the course to like every episode is a day. So we're technically kind of losing three episodes when they do this. It's kind of weird. Um, the day of the funeral, Sarah is there with Doc Hayward and he was going to give her drugs. And she says, I don't want the drugs. I want to feel all of this. I want to be there. Which is interesting considering, uh, especially with Cooper talks about how she was drugged by Leland during all of the times that he, uh, was committing crimes. Um, that she doesn't want drugs. At this point, Cooper tries to explain to her what he thinks happened uh, and talks about some of the things that Leland tells, told him when he died, um, that Leland was like a victim. He didn't do these things. Um, at this point, Sarah is remembering seeing Bob. Um, and there's a line that's, kind of just really sad about how you know cooper says bob is gone forever and she says so is everything i loved um but yeah this is can i ask a weird question no please do so and maybe this was just the my my tv setup but it sounded like cooper was when he was talking about leland to her that his voice was like really quiet yeah i think he was being like he was talking very kind of calmly you know yeah, but I didn't know if it was like intentional to like to show that maybe she like was didn't care like she's so spacious that I don't I know. I and, and again, maybe it was just my TV, but it just felt like she was like it was like showing her like not really being there. Well, I think she's she's distressed, right? Like very distressed. But well, I, totally, but, totally. But no, I didn't. I mean, I think his tone is very like trying to be comforting, as comforting as you can be for someone who's gone through what she's gone through. But um, I didn't really notice anything like so out of character about what, oh, yeah. how he was saying it. Um, it. But he's, you know, he. I think he's trying to give her kind of whatever peace he can offer in that Leland, you know, towards the end when he died, because he was there, Cooper was holding him when he died, said that he confronted what he did. He agonized over the pain. You know, he died at peace and that he mentions how Leland said he saw Laura before he died that she welcomed him and she forgave him. Um, and uh, and then this ends with Cooper, you know, saying he'd be honored to drive her to the funeral. And this just really kind of touching and sad moment where she goes to, f- she grabs her ear and says, you know, like Leland always found the other earring. Um, it's a really or pretty... Bob. <laughs> he's like, I got to drug you so I can find the earring. Um <laughs> Yeah, how, was Bob ever helpful at any point? Uh, Maybe that was it. Maybe Bob took the earring and Leland had to find it. <laughs> Bob got bored at some point. I'm going to start inflicting minor pain on people. Um, but this scene is very it's very sad, but I, I really like this scene kind of opening up this episode. Um, so we... We are spared the funeral. We don't watch that, but we get the reception. Um, and we're at the Hayward house, and there's, like, a ridiculous amount of food. Yeah. Like, just every dish ever, ever, ever thought up is on the table. Um, Nadine is there shining her shoes. 
of course. Uh, this is kind of a funny scene. Hank gets this like huge plate of food for Sarah, and he has like some ridiculous suit on. Um, and he hands the food to Sarah, who's sitting there with Audrey and then Mrs. Hayward, which is kind of a weird trio, right? Yeah. Like, it's just weird to me that Audrey was, like, sitting with Sarah because, like, her and Laura weren't friends, really. So why? Yeah. Um, uh, no, you're not going like, to get that. You've seen Primary Colors, right? <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. Primary Colors does this thing where they just, like, put characters that are relevant in other parts of the movie in parts of the movie that they're not relevant, but they're yeah. just there as like other characters that are hanging around. Yeah. And that, it reminded me a lot of that. It's like, I, she, she has nothing to do with the scene, but maybe they were just like, ah, she's sitting there. It definitely is a, let's get everyone back together. Cause there's even like, like, Oh look, doc, like Dr. Jacoby's back. And it just for what, yeah. one line to say, ah, I was in Hanalei Bay, but like this, the, the three of them sitting there is like, it almost feels weird. Like it should have been Donna sitting with her mother and Sarah because Donna would have been close to her. But were the lines that her mother was saying about Donna, was that pointed she, towards she, Audrey? Yeah, she does talk. I, I don't think it was pointed towards Audrey. She starts talking about how there was a moment she remembers with Donna coming over. But anyway, like, so just to take that away, it just feels weird that Audrey, who was not really close to Laura, is there being comforting. Um, so Donna shows up though. So Donna is there and she's, she's there with Ed and she wants to talk about James, of course, always. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Ed is like, has like such a sweet, like cow skull bolo tie. <laughs> it's just amazing. So yeah, major Briggs shows up and Jacoby's there and it's like this, Oh, everyone's back together. You know, um, and then we're introduced to the kind of Milford brother line plot line here. So we've met Mayor Milford before, and this is his brother, Dougie, who owns the newspaper, who's getting married. And uh, Dwayne is not very happy about it. And so they're fighting. Um, I love the mayor's laugh as much as I'm kind of I get kind of tired of this whole story. Anytime the mayor laughs, it's perfect. And beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that old man laugh. It's so good. I enjoy the mayor. Yeah. So uh, Cooper's excited to see Major Briggs, and uh, Major Briggs asks him if he wants to. He kind of asks him what's next, and he invites him to go night fishing, which, to which Cooper replies, uh, aces, as only he could. Um, Nadine is just completely crazy and wants to know uh if her shoes look like they're reflecting and if boys are looking up her dress ed is completely perplexed and tells her you know i can't see anything um yeah ed has a great uh, great facial reaction ed does a good job in this season of just being like what the hell is happening to me um, yeah this is when Sarah tells a story about Don and Laura promising to be best friends forever and says something about how I kind of need to remember all these things. Um, friends are friends forever. Yeah. If the Lord's the Lord of them. You know it. And uh, the friend will not say okay. never. Right, that's good. That's good. Uh, this is when I think... the welcome will not I think, I think uh, Doug, Dougie grabs 
Dwayne's ear. They start fighting. The brothers start fighting, and Harry has to come and break it up. Um, and I think Pete and Doc Hayward tell Cooper the story of these two where Dougie's engaged. He's been married before. He owns a newspaper, and he's kind of always been in a, this big fight with his brother going on for however many decades. Um and he says they said like 30 years yeah cooper says harry i'm gonna miss this place and i wrote down i'm i really miss bob killing people um <laughs> see it's so funny this is where i this is where i disagree i love that twin peaks is a totally different show for you maybe that's because i like northern exposure so much though <laughs> it probably is you're because like i like shows <laughs> I wish I knew what exact minority you're in of people who are like, cool, now I'm really going to get to know, uh, you know, Doug and Dwayne Milford. Well, I'm ex- I'd watch a show called Doug and Dwayne Milford. <laughs> <laughs> so this next scene is just a really short segment of Jacoby and Harry, um, not Harry, uh, Ed, trying to enroll Nadine in high school. Uh, is to kind of keep up with her, you know, this kind of farce that she is. The charade. Know, 17 or whatever, yeah. And she's excited because cheerleader tryouts are today, which, of course, they are. Um, back at the Great Northern, Coop is packing. He's going fishing. He's getting out of there. And Audrey stops to say goodbye. Um, she's obviously very sad that he's leaving. Um I think we've talked about this, but they were going to be an item in the second season. Yes. And, you know, Kyle McLaughlin kind of protested and said he didn't think it was right for the character, but most people think it's because his girlfriend at the time was... uh, David Lynch. (laughs) (laughs) It was Laura Flynn Boyle, but that would be... That's better. So close. So close. Um, Anyway, so she says, you know, you saved my life and you break my heart. Um, But Cooper then does go on to talk about how kind of the reason for this was he had hurt someone before. And he kind of talks about, he finally talks about some, this kind of incident that we've heard about without actually getting details about how um, this girl was a, material witness to a federal crime uh and he wasn't able to protect her because he loved her and she died um anyway cooper uh, offers his friendship to audrey mm. which she responds there's only one problem with you you're perfect and uh but she says there's only one problem with you you're perfect <laughs> that's how she says it i know it's great <laughs> Yeah. And she's right. She's right. Um, Bobby is trying on Leo's suit. Uh, What did Leo need a suit for? What did Leo need a suit for? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Prom chaperone. (laughs) No. Try again. Yeah. Oh, um... Funeral participant. <laughs> okay, deal. Um, <laughs> Shelly uh, Shelley wants out of the house. Shelly's been cooped up. Justice of the peace. There you go. He's okay. a notary. 
<laughs> Perfect. Uh, Bobby reassures her he's going to take care of everything, which is super comforting, right, from Bobby, who's a high school senior. Um, and poor Leo is just sitting there holding the mirror while Bobby wears his notary suit. Um, <laughs> Signatures. <laughs> He spits and just says signatures. <laughs> signatures. <laughs> um, back at the sheriff's station, Catherine shows up. She's got some like sweet REI gear and dirt rubbed on her face. Um, this is a kind of a funny scene. So Harry has a good line about like, forgive me saying so, aren't you dead? And uh, she's pretending like she's just arrived from the woods. Because she mentioned she hasn't seen Pete yet, which we know she has. Um, Harry asks a couple questions and she starts telling this, her story about how she believed an angel saved her life. She talks about getting the phone call, going out to the mill and seeing Shelly. And then there's the bomb, doesn't remember how she got out. And then just like is full on acting for the rest of this, telling him about finding her (laughs) summer cabin at Pearl Lakes and... I was afraid for my life. Like, just so dialed over the top. Um, but it's still kind of fun to watch. So, um, but yeah. But anyway, she talks about finding her summer cabin. And they had a well stocked pantry, and she came home when they were out of tuna fish. So, um, yeah, Catherine's back. Yeah, great. Wish she would have died in the fire. Um, this is a really, really, really... F- There's a funny moment in this. So Dick's, Dick shows up to the station and he talks to Lucy about how he quit smoking. And <laughs> Hawk walks in and just looks at the two of them and just shakes his head and walks away. And it's really, really... If you didn't catch it, it's worth going back to watch. Because the way, to go back and watch the way it's done is just perfect. Um I said it's a great moment with Hawk echoing our feelings about all of this. Just shaking his head and walking away. Uh, so Dick talks about he's volunteering at Helping Hands. And he's completely being oblivious to a pregnant woman who can't put in a fluorescent light bulb. Um, yeah, Sturdy Wings. Sturdy, sturdy Wings? No, I think it's Helping Hands. What's Sturdy I know, but wings? I wish it was Sturdy Wings. Sturdy, sturdy wings, wings is Role Models. Role Models, which is my favorite movie. Um, oh, such a good movie. So that's when Andy Andy rolls I, I, in. What? Go sorry, ahead. I don't mean to cut you off. <clears throat> you want to talk, talk, you talk about role about, models? About role models. <laughs> Come on, game face, bro. Dude, it's my favorite um, movie. Don't start with me. It's a great. It's really a great movie. If you haven't seen role models, it's so you good. really should. I didn't. <laughs> Why did you put us in quotes? <laughs> Are you playing one of us? That's here. One of us isn't here. I didn't know. I didn't know Jews could sing like this. They couldn't. That's why they put makeup on. <laughs> um, yeah, we shouldn't go down this road. Um, no, I was going to say whole uh, thing. <laughs> now I forgot what I was going to say. Now that I have you here in oh, my personal the- space, what? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, just classic case of make a guy by a fire. <laughs> Um, they, Love, uh, take me down to the streets. <laughs> That's wings. No, I don't think anybody sings that. 
wings song. No. Okay, you're done. Go ahead. Uh, Paul McCartney's sick of wings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the one storyline, there it is, the one storyline that I definitely don't care about is Dick and Andy. Yes. And, and uh, the baby. I forget who the mom is. Fair enough. Lucy. Lucy. That's well, I, that's that, how much I don't care about the storyline. Let's, let's move. Let's move through this quickly. So Andy Andy comes out and says like, "Look, let's all be friends." So we find out the paternity test. But he, it, I like my my only thing about that is as bad as this plot line is, is Andy is still fantastic through all this because he just goes, "So you two go ahead and talk, and I'll see you." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, okay. Uh, oh, and Hawk gives him a hard time. He's like, why didn't you, you know, what are you doing? And he says, I know what Lucy likes, morals and manly behavior. Um, so this is a nice scene, though, here um, where Cooper's leaving and Sheriff gives him like a little fly lure that he tied. It's a green butt, a green butt skunk. And a Harry, green butt skunk? Yeah, Harry tied it himself. And uh, then they give he gives him a bookhouse boy patch, which is pretty rad. Um, I, I like this scene. It's like you know him leaving, and he blows the whistle for the lineup, and he, Hawk gives him the Irish blessing of "May the wind always be at your back." Um, and just when you think Coop's about to take off, the FBI shows up with the one bad guy from Superman Three. Wait, what? The dude with the mustache was in Superman 3. Is that why he's familiar to me? Yes. Because he walked in. So he walked in and the first thing I thought was, oh, is this Leland playing a different character? Like the guy who played Leland? No. Because he kind of looks like Leland? No. And then I'm like, no, it's not Leland, but why is he so familiar to me? That's amazing. Because he was in Superman 3. That's incredible. Hey, are you downloading a movie right now? Because you keep kind of going, Oh, oddly enough, I am downloading several movies. Yeah, could you stop doing that? Because it's really kind of killing the vibe. I'm not. I'm not doing could anything, you, actually. Could you I'm hardwire? Here. You, sound, you sound like we're making this podcast in 1994. Oh, really? <laughs> well, then. Uh, little miss, little miss, can't be wrong. That was pretty great. You totally redeemed yourself. So Coop's in trouble with internal affairs uh, because he went over the border into Canada. And we're going to then deal with this whole situation for the next couple episodes. So um, Bobby's at the Great Northern trying to see Ben Horn. He can't get in um, because he doesn't have an appointment. And Audrey comes to save his day. But before she gets him in, gives him a little bit of a hard time saying, you know, isn't a little late for Halloween? What, are you supposed to be a lounge lizard? Um, You know, where did Leo get a suit? Why does he have a suit? Anyway, Audrey gets him in, and uh, as soon as Bobby gets in, he's quickly escorted out by some horn muscle. Um, and then there's kind of a weird little thing where you're like, are Audrey and Bobby going to hook up? You know? She wants some him to buy her an muscle. ice cream cone. Yeah, know. that was a weird little scene. Yeah. I like to lick. All yeah. right. All right. <laughs> you Taking a turn. Yeah. Um, back at the station... They are kind of telling Coop the story. So they've got the footage of him at One-Eyed Jacks about him going over uh, the border. First time to kind of bait 
uh, Jacques Renault, who was, you know, lured across. He was arrested. And he was murdered. And then they talked about the Audrey trip. Uh, so crossing the border kind of without contacting the Mounties was a mistake. Uh, they happened to be working on Jean Renault for the last six months. And then there's drugs that are missing. Anyway, Coop's kind of in trouble. Um, but it's kind of weird. Like, looking back, it's weird they didn't report any of this. Like, Hawk killed a guy. Right? And he's a cop. So like, oh, you mean that like the Twin Peaks Police Department didn't report anything? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But there's kind of there's three of them. Yeah, but like Cooper is like this upstanding lawman who who didn't go like, all right, well, we have to kind of like tell people that Hawk killed the guy. Yeah, that's a good point. I do feel like it's weird that like Cooper hasn't written like a big report about everything. Yeah, like it, the whole thing with him, even just the the minute he started with the bookhouse boys scenario like where he was questioning um bernard their brother you know i don't know it just seems out of character for him but maybe that's what happens when when you're in twin peaks but yeah i guess so so um and because of all this he's asked to surrender his gun and his badge uh and so then they want to talk to Harry, and Harry doesn't want to give him any info. You know, he basically tells them they need extradition papers, and he's not going to give him a statement. And I like, I like, he says like, "Help yourself to coffee on the way out." And I wish he would have added like, "But no donuts." You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it is like pretty crazy that he said, "Help yourself to coffee on the way out." It's very unlike Sheriff. Yeah, he can. He's telling him to take a hike. Get out of here. On your way, if do, you guys want to have some coffee, <laughs> <laughs> just brewed a, a fresh pot. I do like uh, Cooper in the in the scene, like in this episode, in the next episode, like completely compliant. Yeah, totally understanding of everything. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Uh, Nadine has cheerleader tryouts, and this is such a goofy. Um, yeah, I didn't like this at all. Course of events. <laughs> it's so weird. There's like a lot of bad editing, and then there's that really bad like voiceover of "Hold on, I'm gonna throw you." Well, it's yeah. like it, sh- it it like instead of her like picking the guy up and like kind of doing the heave ho thing, it's like they sped it up and then reversed it and then sped it up again, and then he like does the big fake flying thing. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird. And then she throws her hands into the air at the end with like the sound effects. Um, and then thank God he drops into the volleyball net. Because, you know, a lot of people don't know, but volleyball is really big in the great, in the the like the Northwest. <laughs> well, it broke his fall. He would have easily broken every bone in his body. Well, yeah. easily. But luckily, the most popular sport in the Pacific Northwest, volleyball, was being played. Um, back at the Johnson residence, Shelly is brushing Leo's teeth, which that sounds awesome. And Bobby calls to tell her that things went good. She goes, I'm glad things went so well. And it's like, no, they didn't. You got thrown out of his office and then you went and got ice cream with Audrey. Yeah. I was half expecting them to like cut over to a shot of Bobby and Audrey, just like in bed. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, Leo moves. Mm-hmm. Leo is moving. Rolling, rolling down the river. Uh, 
So this next scene's so sad. At the double R, Norma is heartbroken. She got a bad review, and we find out it was her freaking mom. Vivian is M.T. Wentz. <laughs> yeah. Pete Wentz's mother. Pete Wentz's mother, and she's like, I wanted to give you a good review. This is not a good restaurant. <laughs> what a meanie. But, I mean, I agree with her. You can't, you can't just screw over your ethical commitment to uh, because you have a daughter. You know you're, what I mean? You're a meanie, too. When my, my daughter had dance class. How many times I told her she was bad? Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> what if I did? You're, like, you're three years old. Your pot of beret should be perfect. You're like, honey, come over here for a second. <laughs> okay, go back to it. But I, <laughs> just come back every five minutes. Um, <laughs> so Norma asked her to bounce, and I, we get it. Uh, so Ernie and Hank uh, pretend to go hunting, but they go to One Eye Jacks to meet uh, Jean Renault. Jean Renault. And um, this is kind of a strange little set up here because Ernie has kind of told Hank he's out, but then Hank brings him there to like get in on this deal. And Ernie's like, yeah, I can, I'm the guy, I'm your guy. And you're like, wait, what? I thought you wanted out. I don't know. It's really strange. Um, I kind I, I kind of well, don't, I kind of don't get this whole thing because Ernie is like, what do they want him for? They want him for his money, but then they want him to sell the drugs. I can't really figure out what's going on. Yeah, I'm confused by that whole exchange too. Because I one, I forgot it was who Ernie was. Yeah. And then yeah, like, what do they want him to do? It sounded like I couldn't tell if they were if Hank and him were lying during this scene that he doesn't know what he's doing with numbers. Yeah, or well, he does. He, I think he yeah. does. That's the whole point of why he was in prison. But then it seems like he's not being utilized correctly for what they want him for. Uh, anyway, hmm. um, but then we we see the bad guy from Superman three shows up. He's now apparently the bad guy from Twin Peaks. Um, although we're not exactly sure because he that we knew he was playing or he was like kind of working undercover. So it does. Is he good? Is he bad? We're not really sure at this point. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah, think totally. he's we think he's bad, right? We think he's he's um because they want to plant drugs on Coop, so we know that now. That's kind yeah, of yeah. It the seems story. like he's definitely a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Um, so then this is like the first time we've seen Harry's house in this next scene, right? I, I was trying. <laughs> That's to, true. I was like, I don't think we've ever seen uh, Chateau Truman. And, uh, but the bad news is, is Josie's back, Dallas. Well, the good news was that she was beat up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had some hope. But, okay. yeah. Well, but does, does Sheriff live in like a one bedroom, like, kind of What does he cabin? need? What does he need? I don't know, a place for him and Josie's little kids to run around. Well, they're not having kids. Okay. I mean, not yet. Is Josie married? Mm, well, no. Then how did she come into the mill? So she was she was married to Andrew Packard. 
Okay. Don't ruin anything that you find out in the next episode. Gotcha. Catherine's brother. She was married. Who died in a boat explosion. Andrew Packard. Yes. Gotcha. And so Josie took the mill. Yes. She inherited inherited the mill. Sure. And then she fell in love with Sheriff. And also at some point Hank, right? Yeah, we don't really know what her involvement with Hank was like romantically. Okay. Or if there was one. Okay. Um, we are then whisked away to Cooper and Major Briggs. They've gone camping and they're making s'mores, which is so cute. It is kind of funny they're making marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, they're talking about, um, both of them since the Leland incident have been thinking about Bob. Um, and they talk about fear and it leading to being vulnerable to darkness. At this point, Major Briggs asks Agent Cooper if he's ever heard of the White Lodge. Uh, before he's able to kind of expand on that, Cooper, um, says he has to go pee pee. So, um... At this point, we're kind of like have a point of view of something in the woods moving. Uh, Coop goes to answer the call of nature. And right then we see an owl above Cooper. And then from Major Briggs kind of viewpoint, there's a really bright light. And we see this kind of like hooded figure thing. And Major Briggs screams or yells Cooper's name. By the time Cooper gets back there, uh, Major Briggs is gone. And the, there's a big, bright, bright light, and then the bright light disappears. Um, Did you uh, have you ever seen the movie Fire in the Sky? No. Oh, all right. Did that happen in Fire in the Sky? Well, not not necessarily the same thing, but it looks it just looks similar. The whole feel to it. Have you ever seen the movie Wally? <clears throat> With the little robot. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I've just been watching that a lot lately. I'm just curious. Oh, okay. We've been uh, we've been watching the the newest Jungle Book a lot. Oh, I put that on and it was too scary. Yeah, I thought it'd be too scary for her too, but nope. It She's was too, totally. Into it was it. too scary for me. Jungle Book, the new Jungle Book, is all just like really, really terrifying animals growling for an hour and a half. Yeah, I thought she would be really scared, but she wasn't scared at all. Bill Murray's funny. Yeah. That's all right. Okay. Uh, Dallas, that's the end of episode 10. What'd you think? I I liked it. This is awesome. This is like the best news for me. Like, what's rad is that now it may we may flip and you may actually defend season two to me, where I felt like it was the other way around up until this point. Well, I'm not de- defending anything. Um, I feel like... Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it, especially in the next episode, you know, we'll talk about it. But I feel like they've, they've kind of honed in on a good character for Ben Horn. <clears throat> okay. Like, I feel like his weird nature as an actor, as, you know, Beamer's eccentric nature as an actor, yeah. like, feels at home in what he's doing. Well, I think uh, I think it, we'll get to there when we get there, but that's one of his better scenes. Um, 
his character yeah. kind of takes a turn, so we'll see how is it, how you feel about it okay. going forward. But um, all right. But and no, uh, this Riff actually, was this, back. This is actually really encouraging for me. Your response to this episode, so uh, we might be okay. All right, good. Um, but you know, I, this is one of those episodes where, kind of at face value. I think it's great. I think it suffers from falling again after one of the more important episodes, at least in my mind and most people who like the show, the last one was a, a huge one. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're kind of left to deal with a, a show that doesn't have the main question. The main question has been answered. And so now what do you do? And I think overall they did a good job and there's, Going forward, as much as there are some plot lines that I don't care about, there's a lot of really cool things that happen and some new characters that I really like. And so hopefully we can kind of spend the time going over those and shining a light on the cool stuff. And it's like I said, having as much fun with the not as cool stuff as we can. So I'm in. That's my wish. That's my wish. Well, thanks, Dallas. Thanks, buddy. Uh, tell us uh, what's going on with you. If you got any shows coming up, well, this this won't be. I don't know when those will be coming out. When do you think? Well, this will be real. Real release it. Uh, maybe yeah, a week and a half. So a like week and a half. Maybe like the thirteenth or fourteenth of February. All right. Well, I'll promote the I'll promote the the bigger thing on the next episode. Okay. I guess. And that doesn't matter because I don't know who listens to this. <laughs> I don't have any shows coming. I mean, I have shows in San Diego. If, if you're in San Diego, um, I'm doing, uh, I'm launching a monthly show in La Mesa at a place called Public Square Coffee House. Cool. So February 16th is our first show. And uh, it's five bucks and it's a great show. A guy named Zoltan is headlining. Derek Poston. Huh? I, he's funny. Zoltan's funny. Zoltan's very funny. So it's it's a really it's gonna be a good show, and cool. and that's all. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Any uh, dogwood shows? No dogwood shows. I'm playing. Uh, I'm I'm actually have my own shows. Uh, Southern California, March seventeenth in Santa Ana, the eighteenth in San Diego, nineteenth in L.A., and then actually the twenty second in. Uh, Albuquerque and 23rd in, in uh, Tempe. Uh, Tempe. I'll be, I'll be opening for Yellow Card on their final week of shows. So Very cool. Come out. I'm going to do like 35 minutes on an acoustic guitar. And it's probably my only uh, my only shows coming up anytime. So <laughs> as, <laughs> as all of my friends are quitting music, the chances of me playing venues this size are, are uh, less and less likely to happen. So... I'm going to enjoy it while it's in front of yeah. me. So. Well, I'll be there yelling couples at every show. So. Yeah, you will. You will. But um well, thanks Dallas. I'll uh we'll we'll talk again soon when we dish the percolator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't 
Let yourself be heard this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft. Then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright. The mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes. Something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? Mmm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.